Football fans, welcome to the NFL Week 18 recap for the Football V Football Podcast. Getting this out a little bit late, I wanted to allow for all the craziness of the Monday after with a lot of the coach firings and and such to to occur first before getting this out. Uh, we are going to jump right into this critical Week 18 for some teams, where some teams got elevated draft picks, some teams got elevated playoff uh, uh, placement, and some teams just fought and made the playoffs. Uh, before we get started, if you're watching on YouTube, please go ahead and subscribe. If you're listening on a podcast platform, subscribe and give us a good rating there. would be much appreciated. We'll jump right into the first Saturday game. Uh, the game that we were discussing in the pick'em as it was uh, going on, the Kansas City Chiefs beating the Las Vegas Raiders 31-13. to Takeaways from this game, Chiefs, just such a well-balanced team, run and pass. Everyone was involved in this game, Pacheco, McKinnon, even Ronald Jones in the run game. And Kadarius Toney had a running touchdown that was preceded by a circus act by this Kansas City offense. They did ring around the rosy, and as somebody put it on Twitter, were playing with their food. (laughs) Really just disrespectful to the Raiders. I think they, uh, (laughs) I don't know what they were doing, man. Just providing some entertainment on a Saturday afternoon for the NFL. Maybe the NFL pays them a little more to do something like that. Um, and yeah, on the receiving side, I mean, they got Kelsey, MVS, Juju, Watson, Gray. They're just so dangerous. You know, just a legit Super Bowl threat. Um, even on defense, Chris Jones, six QB hits. Um, six QB hits on Stidham. That's I can't I can't remember the last time I, I saw something like that. Uh, meanwhile, the Raiders with Jared Stidham had just an average game. Had some good runs. I think he had 50 yards rushing. Spread the ball around. Was okay. But didn't really finish drives with uh, touchdowns, which is what you really need against the Chiefs. Uh, meanwhile, the, the Raiders' defense, uh, very unimpressive outside of Max Crosby, as they have been all year. That's kind of the reason why they've lost all of these games, in my opinion. Uh, but that you know, I think the defense has been their real undoing. Carr, you know, Derek Carr gets a lot of the blame here. He's the quarterback, I get it, but he's not the reason why this team is in the situation that they are, and they're already, you know, they finished in a disappointing way, especially after acquiring Devontae Adams, who had some comments after the game about the reason why he came, and that was to play with a legitimate quarterback. I think he's seen a couple games with Stidham, and he's not convinced. So it'll be interesting to see what they do going into this offseason. Do they keep card? Do they get another quarterback? Do they consult Adams, who is the best wide receiver in the game? Absolutely. Be interesting to see there. Uh, But the big takeaway of this game, the Chiefs get the number one overall seed. And they're looking like they might be the best team in the NFL. Moving on to the next game here, the Saturday night game, the de facto playoff game. The Jacksonville Jaguars beating the Tennessee Titans 20-16. And if you're watching this game, the Titans look like the better team in as they have been in more high-pressure games because they have playoff experience, because they are weathered. And I expected this. I expected the Titans to win this game to look better, and they did. And their game plan was a winning one, focusing on uh, the run game with Derrick Henry, totaling 130 yards, most of those on the ground, which uh, uh, made sense since they were playing their third-string quarterback. Uh, 
uh, Joshua Dobbs. And even on defense, they allowed only 19 yards rushing. I think Travis Etienne only had 17 yards. But the game turned on a single play with Dobbs just barely fumbling the ball. I mean, basically, his hand was almost uh, throwing the ball as an interception, but the defender just hit it um, just soon enough to make it a fumble, and um, essentially that was it. It, it. it was Josh Allen. He picked up the ball, and he he ran for a touchdown, and that, that decided this game. It was a fumble recovery for a touchdown. Uh Looking at the Jag side, it was barely three players that had good games or exceptional games. It was Christian Kirk, 99 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Trevor Lawrence had a clean game, 212 yards and a touchdown. And I'm not going to pronounce this correctly, but a, a Jaguars defender, Foyesade Oluokon, 13 tackles, one sack, one pass defense. Um, and like I mentioned, Josh Allen, other than that fumble recovery, didn't do much, but Fumble recovery for the touchdown to win the game. That's a special moment. And that's what won them this game. You know, the Jags are in the playoffs for the first time in recent memory. Uh, I think maybe in the past, I want to say they've only been in the playoffs once in the past 10 years, something like that. And they had a crazy season with Urban Meyer last year. Doug Peterson, kudos to him coming in and really turning this team around. Um, I think they've won maybe five or six in a row, something like that. But on the other side, Titans. Start the season seven and three, lose seven straight games to end of the se- to, to end the season, finish seven and ten. Just brutal, brutal for the Titans. But we'll see what the Jags do in the playoffs. They got a tough matchup, uh, but we shall see. Moving on now to the Atlanta Falcons beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers thirty to seventeen. It was the Falcons rookies that looked exceptional in this game. Tyler Algier continues to excel and dominate. As we said on this podcast before the season started, uh, just a dominant running back, really. 135 yards led all uh, rushers this week in the NFL. And the fact that Antoine Winfield, who is a Buccaneers defensive back, led this game in tackles, had 13 tackles um, out of all defenders on either team, really tells you how well uh, Tyler was running through that, that Buccaneers front seven, who is no slouch, by the way. Uh, Drake London. Another uh, rookie, rookie wide receiver, 120 yards here. And Ritter, Desmond Ritter, their their quarterback, had a clean game, 224 yards and two touchdowns against, like I said, a very respectable Buccaneers defense who had their starters out there for, I think, a good chunk of the game. Um, I think with the right offensive scheme, this team can make waves next season. Definitely. Uh, the Bucks. admittedly, they didn't have much to play for. They did play their starters. Uh, Brady did play, even though a lot of their – Starters were benched, I think, at some point. Uh, they were locked in the into the fourth seed, um, and this game went as expected to be. A, a way for the Falcons to get some more film on some of their rookies and the Buccaneers just to avoid some rust before their playoff game next week. We'll see what they do. They got a tough matchup against the Cowboys on Monday night. A Monday night playoff game. A Monday night playoff game. Yes, they are, Nicole. A Monday night playoff game. Uh, I don't know that I've seen that before. Actually, maybe last year is the first time they introduced it. Um, that's going to be interesting to see. So we'll see how that goes next week. But we'll now go on to speak about the Buffalo Bills beating the New England Patriots 35-23. to There was one of two ways the Bills could have come out in this game. Emotionally drained or extremely motivated. 
the former would have been perfectly understandable given what happened with DeMar Hamlin. He is thankfully recovering, but it was really scary there for a few days. But it was the latter that happened, and they returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown, and it was the first time in three years and three months that that happened. And as Josh Allen mentioned, uh, it's incredible because DeMar Hamlin's uh, jersey number is number three, so it was all just... It was, um, I don't know how you describe something like that. Just, you know, um, just really special, honestly. Like, th that something like that happened. Just really, really cool. Um, this initially looked like a Bills, uh, like the Bills were going to dominate in this game. This looked like a Bills route uh, from early on. Diggs had a great game, 104 yards and a touchdown. But the Patriots, as they do, had their playoff lives on the line and really, really battled back. Um, uh, in this game, I have to give them credit. They were into the, in this game in the third quarter and into the fourth quarter as well. They were really fighting for their lives. Um, Devontae Parker, I thought, looked really good. He's a great receiver. I think he was out for a portion of the season. He had two touchdowns. Mac Jones, although he had three touchdowns, had three interceptions. It's going to be very interesting to see what kind of moves the Patriots make this offseason. Will Bill Belichick fire some of these misplaced coaches, these off defensive coaches coaching offense and these retreads, these guys that go from the uh, Patriots uh, coaching staff to head coach other teams, fail there, then come back and do something on this team. Uh, coach, Like I said, defensive coaches coaching offense, offensive coaches coaching special teams, special teams um, uh, doing strength and whatever, whatever it is, he finds a place for them. And they, I think they overperformed this year. I have to give them some credit, but uh, not enough to get it done. I think they finished the season 8-9. and nine. Um, Will they have a new quarterback? Is Mac Jones the answer for this team? Or will they try to go to Bailey Zappi? Um, you know, they, they talk about how Robert Kraft, the owner of the team, is more of a Bailey Zappi uh, supporter. But even he... Just kind of looks okay. They they look pretty similar, him and Mac Jones. So we'll see. Will they draft a quarterback? Will they acquire one? There's some talk of Tom Brady actually going back to New England, which would be wild. Um, but yeah. Meanwhile, the Bills look like a very very scary number two seed, playing with extra motivation for Demar Hamlin. We'll see how that goes. Moving now to the Minnesota Vikings beating the Chicago Bears 29 to 13. <clears throat> on a day when the Bears secured the number one draft pick, the result of this game, which was a loss, was in fact a long-term win for this team, securing that number one pick. And a further win, Nathan Peterman had one touchdown and zero interceptions. Yes, that's right. The human interception machine, Nathan Peterman, had zero interceptions in this game. I never thought I'd see the day that he threw 19 balls without the opposing team catching one of them. Not much else to report on this game. K.J. Osborne for the Vikings had the best game uh, of, of anyone playing today, I think, probably uh, 117 yards. Uh, but this team, this Vikings team, is, is really just gearing up for the playoffs, locked into that three seed. They were trying to get that bad taste out of their mouth from that Cowboys uh, or the Packers loss last week. Interesting stat, um, the leading tackler on the, on the Vikings only had four solo tackles. I don't know that I've ever seen that before. On the Bears' side, 
Joe Thomas, I have to say, he had a great game. 14 total tackles, two tackles for loss, and recovered a fumble. So the Bears have you know something to look forward to next year. Justin Fields, he's got to learn how to pass a little bit better. He is a great, great runner, exceptional runner. They traded for Clay's for uh, Chase Claypool, who really has been a disappointment for this team. Uh, but I think on defense, they do have some pieces. Uh, they have this guy, and then there's another guy also who's a linebacker who, um, who's who been very good as well. So Bears will be interesting. It's not the worst thing in the world going to a historic franchise like uh, the Chicago Bears if you're a number one pick. So we'll see what happens with them. But we'll now go on to the Cincinnati Bengals beating the Baltimore Ravens 27-16. to this was the Bengals taking care of business here. Motivated to avoid that coin flip for a home game fiasco uh, that the NFL concocted. Joe Mixon, when he scored a touchdown, even pulled a coin out of his glove for a TD celebration to mock uh, the NFL and Goodell. And I think also Eli Apple, <laughs> the, uh, the the Bengals defender, also uh, held up a coin with uh, Goodell uh, with a, a clown face um, on a big... Uh, kind of imposed on a big coin on uh, on the sideline so that was kind of interesting they really they were really upset about that and they really had some fun with it i don't know actually i didn't follow up to see if the nfl fined them for any of that stuff but uh they were justifiably angry to um to know that the nfl would have uh, made this a coin flip if they would have lost this game even though they are the uh, division champions uh, to see if they host a home game. So they will host a home game next week against this team. <laughs> You're going to see part two of this uh, of this game next week at Cincinnati for the Bengals, uh, Ravens at Cincinnati. Stats-wise, um, Anthony Brown, the Ravens quarterback, zero touchdowns, two picks. Uh, this team's QBs are really horrendous, I have to say, from Lamar uh, Huntley on down. Uh, Isaiah Likely, cut. Pretty much all the balls in this game. He had 103 yards. Kenyon Drake led the backfield with 60 yards and I think a touchdown. I didn't watch this game too closely, but I'm I'm hoping that this was the Ravens benching their starters because what a putrid performance by this this offense. If you look at these uh, these statistics, um, and they had meaningful they, they had a reason to to play this game for that coin flip. They could have if they would have won this game, then they. Um, could have earned a home playoff game uh, with that coin flip. But um, Roquan Smith on defense, he played well. He had 16 tackles. Uh, the Bengals spread the wealth here. Um, it was a standard game for them. Um, looking really dangerous going into the playoffs. And despite who is at quarterback for the Ravens, they're looking like the opposite. Moving now to the Houston Texans beating the Indianapolis Colts 32-31. In the most bizarre game of the day, Davis Mills, the Chicago Bears hero. Yes, you heard that right, the Chicago Bears hero. His late touchdown and two-point conversion sealed the number one pick for the Chicago Bears and took it away from his own team. These Texans really hate their organization. Brandon Cooks, even though... He had a great game, 160, 106 yards and a touchdown set. After the game, he has no desire to be there anymore. And he's been saying that all season. Even the trade deadline, he wanted out of there. So despite the fact that he is the best receiver, he wants out. Davis Mills knows he's also getting cut. <laughs> he's not the long-term answer to this team, especially because they have a high draft pick. And Lovey Smith, 
the former Bears coach in his prime knew the same. And the results of this game uh, pissed off the Texans' management so much that they fired Lovey right after the game ended. And I'm not even joking here. It was less than an hour after the game he was fired. Meanwhile, the Colts were actually effective in their strategy uh, to intentionally lose and get a higher draft pick. I think they're number three now, uh, number three or four uh, um, in the draft order. They played their backups, including Zach Moss, who they traded for and finally had a good game, 114 yards and a touchdown. Sam Ellinger uh, played quarterback for this team today uh, or on, uh, on Sunday. He continued to like average uh, two touchdowns, two picks. It'll, this team will almost certainly uh, draft a quarterback. Um um, in this draft, uh, pro- probably with that high draft pick they have. Um, so we'll see what they do there. And shout out to Frank the Tank, who predicted Jeff Saturday wouldn't win a game after the uh, initial game he won for the rest of the season. Um, enjoy that USL USFL ball from Coach Duggs. Speaking of Frank the Tank, the Miami Dolphins beat the New York Jets 11-6. to Eleven to six. What a score! Uh, a very ugly, sloppy game here. Dolphins defense kept them alive. Skylar Thompson was horrible. Couldn't get anything going on offense. It was really just Jeff Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert who did just enough on the ground, combining for 140 or 150 yards. This is the point I made uh, during the pickup show that they had to keep it out of the hands of Skylar Thomas Thompson. Thomas Thompson. And just run the ball. And that's kind of what got the job done for them, barely. Uh, The Jets, with nothing to play for, called on Joe Flacco to earn his salary. And they looked feckless on offense. Flacco looked feckless. Try saying that three times quick. But that defense was determined to uh, spoil the Dolphins' playoffs hopes. And uh, they were nearly successful. I mean, this was actually... Really like a 9-6 game, and there was a safety at on the last play of the game. So this was a very, very close game. Quinnen Williams, the Jets defender. Ten tackles, three of them for loss, one pass defense. He said after the game he's not attending workouts until he gets paid like a top defensive lineman, and deser- deservedly so. The Jets have some... Good pieces going in the next season. Uh, Garrett Wilson had nine catches for 89 yards today. Brees Hall will be back and is a tremendous running back. The only thing left for them trying to figure out that QB situation. Zach Wilson, by the way, said he's going to give whoever comes in to compete with him hell. Um, hell looks uh, is more descriptive of the offense when he's playing with them. Uh, but we will see. I don't know that Mike White is a long-term answer here. Maybe... All that talk about Derek Carr blaming him for all those those ills on the Raiders. I think he'd do great on this team. I think he'd do great. The Dolphins, meanwhile, uh, badly need Tua or Bridgewater at quarterback uh, during the, the playoffs here. But the real concern is their offensive line, you know, preventing them from getting injured. So... It's not looking great. It's not looking great. Tua, are they going to put him in there? I can't imagine him getting another concussion. What would that be, the third or fourth of this year? That could be life-threatening stuff. 
So they really need to consider this before um, they do choose to put him in. There's no doubt. I mean, get maybe six offensive linemen in there or seven. Get seven offensive linemen in there and just put Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill and put another tight end and maybe just get one running back to um, come in there and, and, um, and block for them. And we're going to move on to the next game here as we bring in NFG. NFG, hey, what's going on? So you like my new uh, catchphrase? Hey what? now, hey, hey now. now, hey now. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> you, you've been listening to that song. How you doing, man? Good, man. What's going on? Good, good, good. We up at this. What unga- are we talking about? We up at this ungodly hour. Uh, getting this, getting this recap in. Uh, we're gonna talk now about the Carolina Panthers beating the New Orleans Saints and your favorite coach, ten to seven. It's shocking how bad Darnold was in this game. 5 for 15, 43 yards, zero touchdowns, and two picks. It was really uh, Hubbard and Foreman on the offense that carried this team. Uh, they combined for 140 yards. I want to leave uh, open the floor to you here. What did you uh, think about this game and um, what happened here uh, with your favorite coach? Who was not fired yet, by the way. Absolute and utter garbage. Gar- garbage. Garbage. Not dog, right, not man. dog water, not dog water. No, 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 no. Okay. No, dog water would be something used to describe Dennis Allen's whole season as a coach. There we go. We got but it. For this game, we'll just stick with garbage. Again, he didn't give Taysom Hill the ball enough. Yep. And they freaking lost. That's yep. what happens. Yep. Yeah. Darnold, Darnold played one of the worst games I've ever seen a QB play, and uh, resulting in a win. I mean, like since Tim Tebow, at least. Yeah. Horrible, horrible, horrible game, man. Couldn't believe it. But that's what happens when you don't give Taysom Hill the ball. You lose ball games. Yeah. Uh, th- yeah, Dalton played this whole game. Kamara had 107 yards. Olave, 60 yards and a touchdown on offense. Otherwise, this was a, a meaningless NFC South game. Uh, the NFC South, a division with remarkable parity. Uh, three teams finished 7-10, and 10, and one team finished 8-9. and nine. How about that? Crazy, we play right? that 8-19, man. Don't get me started. Don't Crazy. get me started, man. Crazy. We will touch on that later, but we'll now move on to an AFC North battle. Pittsburgh Steelers beating the Cleveland Browns 28-14. to uh, What did you think of this game? More trash, man. More trash at the quarterback <laughs> position. Who the hell is this guy? He sucks. I don't even know. Is, is it Anthony Brown? Is it uh, Aaron Brown? I, I, it doesn't matter. No, no, no. I'm, ta- I'm talking about the Steelers and the Browns, not the not the Bengals and the Ravens. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, actually, that was that was a good game. That was a good game. Uh, <laughs> Mike Tomlin. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, man. Yeah, Sorry, no, man. I, I was I was just in the mode of thinking about horrible QB play. No, I got um, you. I got you. That was a good game. I mean, it's nice to see uh, Tomlin end up with another winning uh, season, or at least non-losing season. Yeah. Um, you know, the Steelers showed heart, they fought, good job, but they missed the playoffs and they got a worse draft position, so I don't know if that was the smartest thing to do, but hey, the streak lives on. Yeah, and honestly, you know, for for a middling team like that, I think it's more important for them to just, you know, play, especially when you're playing in the same window, because they don't know what's going on in these other games, important for them to just play and for them to secure that winning record, I think it means a lot to them. So Alex Highsmith 
for the Steelers. Just talking about some of the stats in the game. He had two and a half sacks, uh, three QB hits. He had a great game. Uh, Pickett to Pickens connection continues to look really good going into next season. Uh, they hooked up for a number of balls and a touchdown. Uh, Jalen Warren's uh, Jalen Warren, his emergence has really lit a fire under Najee Harris, who's now scared That's to. Your guy, man. That is my guy. That is my guy, and he's now scared to lose his job essentially because Najee Harris was going to lose his job earlier this year, but he is playing like there's a guy t- there to take his job. He had uh, 94 yards and a touchdown. The Browns, though, unimpressive all around. Um, they had nothing to play for. Uh, the real test will be next season with uh, Deshaun having a full offseason camp to prepare. And one other thing kind of strange that came out of this game was the Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney beef. Uh, yeah. Garrett in this in this game had a sack, two tackles for loss, two QB hits, and Clowney had nothing because he was sent home before this game. He didn't play in this game, and... I think he is a little bit jealous of the way that the Browns have used Garrett and not used him. And he said after this game, he is 95% sure he will not be back with the Browns. Did you hear what Garrett said? What did he say? He said, we want people that are going to buy in. We don't want hostages. Hostages? Yeah. Wow. Clowney has has had such an interesting career, huh? I mean, just like even going back to college, he makes that one play that uh, leaps him into the, the, the top, and then he goes to Houston and then has like an up-and-down career there, and then goes to Seattle, has a lot of pressures but not a lot of sacks, and then like hops around to these other teams, and it has like, just I okay. Listen, I, I, I kind of understand, though, from the standpoint that they're, they're both pass rushers, and Clowney's shown that he's more than capable as a pass rusher. Yeah. And I think he was... Uh, it's really pissed off at the fact that he didn't have an opportunity to rush the passer. Every time they would face like some uh, weaker talent, they'd switch sides. And then... yeah, I think we, I think we Garrett going after the quarterback. And I think Clowney is getting up there in age, and he sees it as, hey, my sack numbers, my sack numbers are going to be down. I'm not going to be getting paid on my next contract. I think that's yeah. that's true. No, and it's right. I mean. I understand what he's saying. I mean, there's a lot of stuff about the Browns that um, I don't know. It, it, I'm going to reserve comment till next year because there's a lot of weird stuff going on with this Browns team. So we'll see what happens to them. I would, I would not say no to having Clowning on my team uh, next year. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But we'll move now to the Denver Broncos beating the Los Angeles Chargers, 31 to 28, with Russ and the Broncos finally looking respectable. Vintage Russ here. 283 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. His connection with Jerry Judy looked really good, who had 154 yards, looking like Tyler Lockett to me. Uh, and Sutton getting only his t- second touchdown of the year. What do you think of this game? Man, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I couldn't have said it any better, man. It, it looked like vintage was. Uh, it's crazy how just removing a coach could... Uh, make him through that much. I mean, even after the game, he was praising this other coach. And he kind of made it seem like it was Hackett that was holding him back without really putting it into those words. But, uh, yeah, it looked like vintage Russ. I, and he, he kept talking about finding something towards the end of the year. I wouldn't go that far. I mean, uh, this game was good. The last game was better than what he did early on in the season. But wasn't that wasn't vintage Russ. 
But this game, I, I agree, it was. There's definitely a connection there with Judy. I, I think we're going to see a lot more of that next year. Um, hopefully he can build on that and come back. But it's going to be interesting to see what they're going to do in terms of coaching and who they pair him up with. But yeah. they quickly decided that, hey, we can't, we can't fix this Russell Wilson contract. We can easily move on from this coach. Yeah. So whoever this next guy is, it's got to be somebody that's compatible. But obviously Russ still has something in him. So it can be salvaged. Uh, the Chargers, I don't think it mattered for them, right? Right. They were locked in so, to the fifth. Yeah, they were locked in. Yeah. They, 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 had, they had their starters play a bit, though. Uh, that was a good game. It was a good game. Russ was looking for anything to hold on to, whether this, you know, whether it was against a team that had nothing to play for, whatever. I mean, this guy, his this the psychology that he goes into with this thing, like another loss, like each loss breaks him. Like I watch every single press conference that he does, and he is mentally broken after every single one, and it just like kills his spirit, you know. The fact that he started with that that phrase, the Broncos country lets her, like you would go go Hawks after every single game. Doesn't matter what happened. But for him to start with that phrase and then not say it for like 90% of the season, he was just looking for anything. So in some ways I am happy that that he had this. In other ways I'm not obviously because this uh, turns the Hawks draft pick from number three to number five. But uh, going through some of the stats of the game, of the game, Latavius Murray, 103 yards and a touchdown, looking like Frank Gore with this old age production. Uh, meanwhile, for the Chargers, Brandon Staley continues uh, to puzzle everyone with his coaching decisions, playing his starters even after the Ravens lost, who he had nothing to play for since they were locked into the five seed. And Mike Mike Williams actually got a back injury and was carted off uh, the field. So was it worth it, Brandon, to, to play your starters in this game? It, it doesn't seem like it. Um, Keenan Allen was pretty much the guy that stood out in this game. Uh, thankfully, he stayed healthy. He had 102 yards and two touchdowns. They got really lucky there. Um, and I will say, I think, you know, like you mentioned, this is a promising um, way for the Broncos to go into the offseason from this hellish year relative to their expectations. Uh, like I mentioned, they stuck it to the Hawks with, uh, with this win and, and, and making their pick worse. And something that I noticed about this game, I was kind of surprised. Uh, this game and several other games, there was 97% capacity in this game, even though it was a, a pretty meaningless game. And I think that speaks to the popularity of the, the, the NFL. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, we'll move now to the uh, an NFC East game. Kind of surprising result here. Philadelphia Eagles beating the New York Giants 22-16. to I thought there was not much really going on in this game. I watched a lot of this game. The Giants benched all their starters since they had the sixth seed locked up. Um, but even then, they still almost won this game. What did you think here? Yeah, I don't think they really almost won this game. I mean, they, they got within a score late. Uh, but I don't think the Eagles won this game either. I mean, Hurts did not look good at all. Um yeah, it was just a crappy game. I, I didn't think the Giants were going to win. So, I mean, maybe I'm not as devastated by the other NFC's game's outcome. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't see much from both teams. Honestly, yeah. the Giants are playing Davis Webb and some running back. I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Yeah, so yeah. I'm not even trying to butcher that. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, man, I, from what I saw from the Eagles, looked promising. And, and, 
in the sense that they don't look that great yes. going into the playoffs. So uh, that's my takeaway from this game. Yeah, honestly, the Eagles look pretty average outside of Kaiser White on defense. 12 tackles, one sack, one tackle for a loss, two passes defensed, one QB hit. This guy was like everywhere. Um, but, you know, maybe the only thing that can keep Eagles fans looking ahead is maybe this is Jalen Hurts knocking off some rust after missing a few games. Um, he had zero touchdowns and one pick. He did not look good. I mean, he, they, he played this whole game. Uh, he did not look good. So they're going to hope that this is rust, but they go and they have a bye next week too. So there might be some continued rust after that. Um, but you know what? At the end of the day, both of these are teams that are headed to the playoffs. It didn't re really mean that much to either team. So we'll move on now to the San Francisco 49ers beating the Arizona Cardinals 38-13. to 38-13. Another pretty meaningless game overall here, but... Man, the Niners just continue to look dangerous, even in meaningless games. What do you think about the Niners? Man, I mean, they're going to be tough to beat, man. Especially yeah. if uh, Brock Purdy keeps managing the game the way that he is. But, uh, I mean, uh, they're, they're, playing a, they're playing a crappy team. They, sh they should win handedly, and they, they handled their business. That's what I saw. But I hope, I hope this means that they're going to falter in the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. Cowboys kind of had to falter that last week of the season. Thank Thankfully, it wasn't the playoffs. But eventually, you got to think that this Brock Purdy train needs to be derailed. I hope so. Or is going to derail at some point. I don't know, man. I don't know. He's he's playing solid. But we, we spoke about it last last week and on the Pick'em Show. He does give you a couple chances. Mm -hmm. He's going to give you a couple chances to pick off the ball. But obviously, the Cardinals are not going to intercept any passes. So Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just saw. I just saw the Niners keep rolling. Hopefully, they they lose in the first round next week, so we don't have to worry about that. Ooh, I would love to see that. Um, yeah. Is that eight in a row now? I think they've won eight in a row, something like that. Yeah, I th yeah. I think they're the hottest team in the NFL for sure. Eight, eight or nine, whatever. It's crazy. Um, you're right. Brock Purdy does give up some some passes, but you know he gets lucky with a lot of them. He did. I mean, they don't end up being picked overall. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. He looked really solid in this game, I have to say. 178 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Um, he's not Mr. Irrelevant at all, actually. He's he, he's very relevant, actually, uh, going by you know the fact that they've lost two quarterbacks and he's able to produce in this way. Um, and Elijah Mitchell uh, stepped right in and had two touchdowns. Uh, he, I think he averaged like 10 yards a carry, something like that. Uh, the defense had three picks. Just really scary stuff. Uh, I I don't want to face this team right now. I, obviously, okay, I'm a Seahawks fan. Um, playing them three times, okay. But this is, to me, the best team in the league right now. And um, the Cardinals, in reference to this game, a few things. A.J. Green looked uh, like the vintage A.J. AJ Green uh, on a TD catch and run he had for 91 yards. That was very impressive. Um, J.J. Watt. In, his in the final game of his Hall of Fame career, was gifted two sacks, three tackles for loss, a pass defense, two QB hits. They really let him get um, those two. If, if you saw this game, it was very like Michael Strahan's final game kind of vibes. Um, but kudos to him. Uh, he, he's had a great career. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, another guy whose uh, career is over, with the Cardinals at least, is uh, Coach uh, Cliff Kingsbury who was fired on Monday. He's done with this team. 
even though he was just extended to 2027. He, his contract is already done now. They, they terminated him. Um, and again, I mentioned this before, but um, in yeah, past they shows... they make it easy to walk away from these coaches' contracts. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, I guess, I guess these, um, these agents need to do a better job of uh, not making it so easy. But uh, I mentioned this before. The Cardinals actually have incredible receiving weapons. Uh, they just need the right system to maximize them. Uh, and, you know, there's some talk about DeAndre Hopkins wanting out. If they do, of course, this receiving core takes a huge hit. Um, but we'll see what, ha- what what happens with this Cardinals team. I, I, I hear they're trading him for sure. For sure, huh? That's what I'm hearing. Right. Well, maybe. Okay, well, that, that means that's good news for this NFC West fan uh, that they're probably going to suck along with the Rams. Uh, but yeah, again, I hear the Cowboys are going to get him for a fifth round pick. That is probably not going to happen. That is maybe a dream you had no. last night. No, <laughs> that, that would be incredible. Great. Maybe, maybe like, uh, what would you think he would go for? Second round, second round pick. I think, I think a second round because he second has a contract. Round. He's got a massive contract. He's, yeah. I think he's turning thirty-one. He's yeah. still good. He's still really good. Very good. Very good. Uh, yeah, I think a second round. Yeah, sounds about right. And again, this game was 100% capacity, if you can imagine. I was just shocked at it because wow. I, I, I look at a lot of these other sports and they don't have this kind of capacity, especially for meaningless games. But I thought, okay, again, that was interesting. The but last game of the season, you know? So I guess, I mean, like some of these teams, this is, this is their playoffs, this is their Super Bowl. Yeah. Like the Commanders and the Cardinals, I would assume so. Exactly. Yeah. We'll move off. We'll, 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 we'll rip the Band-Aid right off here with the Washington Commanders beating the Dallas Cowboys 26-6. to This is a game that our friend Omar Youssef attended live. Um, he is mercifully not here to uh, discuss what happened in that game, but I will let you discuss what happened. Uh, what, explain what, yourself what game, and explain your team. Explain what yourself game? and explain your team and how, how the, the Commanders beat the Cowboys 26-6. to Man, it was horrible, dude. Uh, I didn't see a game at all. I didn't see a game at all. It was just, it, I don't. I, I really don't even want to talk about this, to be honest. <laughs> it, it was just horrible. And I'm just hoping that it's just a little bit shaking off a little bit of rust before getting to the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know, man. I don't know. This is this is my last take. I gotta go. Yeah. I'll just say that. Congrats, Commanders fans. Uh, at least you leave 2023 with something to look forward to. The That rookie quarterback did well. I mean, he looked all right. But the Cowboys definitely lost this game. Dak played probably the worst game of his career. Uh, the receivers kept dropping passes. We had no pass rush. Uh, top to bottom, the whole team sucked. Yeah. And I hope this doesn't continue in the playoffs. I hope, I hope, like I said, it's just some rust they're shaking off right before the playoffs, right before going on a run. Yeah. And Dallas, by the way, have gone on this trend, and the trend would suggest that they won four straight, which would mean that they would win the Super Bowl, because they, I think they won four, they won, they lost one, won four, lost one, won two, lost one, won four, and then no, yeah, and then just lost one, I guess. Right. So the next is the next four. Wins, four. Hopefully. All right. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, this, yeah, these are gonna take. Be... Uh, I gotta go. I'll catch your take on when you when you put this up, but. NFG, thank you so much for jumping on, man. I appreciate it, bro. Thank you. All right. 
to continue talking about this game, as NFG mentioned, it was kind of a weird game here uh, since the Cowboys needed to win uh, to try to get that uh, number one seed, but got blown out uh, by a commander's team who was really mailing it in, playing their rookie quarterback and benching their running backs. Uh, was pretty much just Sam Howell to uh, Terry McLaurin, uh, that connection on offense. Uh, and poor McLaurin, man. This guy is an amazing receiver stuck on this pathetic team. Uh, meanwhile, the Cowboys uh, strangely couldn't get anything done on offense or make any significant stops on defense. They got 26 points. Uh, Dak had one touchdown, one interception, including a pick six to Kendall Fuller. There's a lot of talk about his picks now. Uh, it might be um, He might be letting the noise kind of get to him at this point. Um, there's a lot of talk about how he is anticipating a lot of his throws rather than kind of, you know, making sure that they're open. Um, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting, like the arc of, uh, of Dak Prescott, you know, they said that he, he came into the league kind of as a game manager, letting the pieces, um, move. They do have a lot of good pieces. I think CeeDee Lamb is great. I think Tony Pollard is great. Uh, Gallup and Brown can have their days. Zeke is good short yardage guy. Even their, um, tight end Schultz and, uh, the guy they just drafted, I forget his name, Jake Ferguson, um. So he has a lot of weapons, but it's just about not making those mistakes. Let those weapons do what they can do. Uh, but yeah, overall, this is not a great sign going into the playoffs for the Cowboys. But you know what? The Eagles had a similarly subpar game. So better to have it before the playoffs than during them. And this Bucks cowboys game is going to be pretty fascinating on Monday night. Move on now to uh, my Seattle Seahawks beating the Los Angeles Rams 19 to 16. Another ugly game here. A lot of ugly games this week. Um, Jason Myers missed a kick in regulation to win the game. It was 16 16. Couldn't make it. Pretty makeable kick, I think. And then basically, in overtime, Baker Mayfield had Van Jefferson wide open for a, a deep touchdown throw, and it looked for. I guess maybe two seconds, like this game was going to be over. Uh, the Rams were going to walk off this game. And then Quandre Diggs ran from center field out of nowhere and intercepted the ball and didn't even run up the field. He just pointed at Bobby Wagner on the sideline and just kind of ran out of bounds, uh, just kind of showboating a little bit. After the game, Quandre Diggs said he... He had a moment. He this this moment flashed uh, in his mind that the season was going to be over, but then he said he felt like a youthful twenty-five-year-old and just kind of sprung to that ball and got it. And he had a moment of um, youth return to him. It's kind of an interesting comment. Um, and then yeah, after that pick. Um, the, uh, the Seahawks matriculated down the field and finally hit a game-winning uh, field goal uh, midway through overtime. Um, as a Hawks fan, I hate the Rams, and it's for the re you know for this reason essentially. Um, even as a dead team, the Rams with nothing to play for, they gave the Hawks, who are a team fighting for their playoff lives, uh, a huge headache. Geno started uh, this game by throwing it right to Jalen Ramsey, who ran it back 
to like the five yard line and almost had a pick six. And uh, Gino didn't do much the rest of the game other than a beautiful touchdown pass to Lockett, which was absolutely beautiful. He had two picks, uh, both of them to Ramsey, uh, but couldn't. Uh, he could have had five picks. I mean, the Rams dropped a bunch of them. Ken Walker was a bright spot in this game for the Hawks, 124 total yards. He's so vital to their success and will have to be playing at a top level for them to make any kind of noise in the playoffs. The Hawks defense, uh, I got to shout out Uchenna Nwosu. Six sacks, uh, uh, sorry, six tackles, a half sack, two tackles for loss, one pass defense, and four QB hits. He's the only really good player on their front seven. They're going to have to adjust that in the offseason. On the other side, it was all Jalen Ramsey. Two picks, three passes defensed, almost single-handedly won this game. On offense, Cam Akers had 130 total yards. Rams are actually a very scary team if they have everyone healthy. But it looks like McVay is thinking of retiring. He thought about it last year. It doesn't look like coaching is for him. I think he was just in this um, profession to win a championship, and he doesn't want to do much anymore. It doesn't seem like he has a passion for coaching. I think he has a very lucrative um, uh, commentator contract waiting for him, I think, at Fox. There's all this talk about how, because he has um, some Ukrainian ties in his family, it's been very taxing on him these past this past year. So we'll see. I don't know that it makes much sense for him to retire from the outside looking in, but internally it doesn't look like he wants to do it anymore. And even though they don't have any draft picks <laughs> for the next few years, any good draft picks, with Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald and Matt Stafford, Allen Robinson, and uh, some other defenders that ha um, have been injured most of the year, they're a very strong team. They have a very strong team overall until they get injured because their depth is not great. Uh, of course, personally, I'd love to see you know these front runners fall apart, but I know they'll always be a thorn in the, in the Seahawks side. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, Baker Mayfield. If they retain him as a backup, you know, Matt Stafford um, famously has some lingering injuries. So we'll see what the QB situation for this Rams team looks like. But moving on to the best game of the day, the Detroit Lions beating the Green Bay Packers 20-16. to Incredible, incredible, incredible game. Not like these other games. This one was incredible. The fighting Dan Campbells, shout out to the Man to Man podcast. They get it done against all odds. Jared Goff, and Jamal Williams, and DeAndre Swift, and Khalif Raymond, and DJ Chark, and Amon Rasate Brown, just so gutsy, man. Goff with people, me, saying he can't play in the cold weather elements, converting that fourth down to win the game. Jamal Williams, two touchdowns to surpass the great Barry Sanders for most rush TDs in a single season. On defense, Kirby Joseph, heroic. Heroic! Two passes defensed and a pick with the game on the line for the Packers. On the Packers' side, <laughs> these guys were given every opportunity by the NFL. A game at home on Sunday night. 
after the Lions' fate was already determined. They had nothing to play for. The Seahawks had already won. They had There were several touchdowns and big plays by the Lions called back. And still, still, the Packers couldn't get it done. And now this may be the end of the road for Rodgers, with the Packers at least, who looked... Um, Rodgers looked around the stadium uh, pensively and, and held on to his jersey even with uh, Lions. I think Jamison Williams asked uh, for him to trade jerseys, and he said, I'm going to hold on to this one. Well, I'm going to hold on to this one probably means this is my final Packers game, and I want to hold on to this jersey. Christian Watson had a good game, made an amazing catch, and looks like the best receiver on this team, especially now with Alan Lazard all but saying he's out after this game. He said he's probably no longer a Packer. And Romeo, Romeo Dobbs, who is another player on this team, another rookie, drafted uh, two picks ahead of, or two rounds ahead of, um, or behind uh, uh, Christian Watson, had no catches on two targets. Not looking great. Not a lot of prospects for this Packers team. But who cares about the Packers? The Lions, so heroic, man, on defense, limiting Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Bruising running backs, especially in cold weather, to about 80 total yards. I love this Lions team. From this Hawks fan, thank you so much. And you guys have become a favored team of mine because of how you helped the Hawks get into the playoffs. And you guys have a lot to look forward to. 9-8, exceeding expectations with a great team and great coaches. So, fellas, that'll do it for this Week 18 recap show. I want to thank everyone that tuned in throughout this NFL regular season. We will, of course, be covering the postseason, what promises to be a very exciting postseason. And we will be here for that to do um, a lot of shows, bring you guys content and podcasts. I want to remind you guys, again, if you're listening on YouTube or watching on YouTube, go ahead, subscribe, like, share, comment, hit the notification bell. If you're listening on a, pod a podcast platform, which we are on many of them now, I think nine or ten of them, uh, go ahead and subscribe there and leave us a good rating. That would be really, really helpful. Download the podcast. would appreciate that greatly. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram uh, to keep up with um, all of our podcasts. And if you'd like to support this podcast, we are on Ko-fi. ko-fi.com forward slash football v football. We would be greatly appreciated. Thank you all again for listening to this football v football podcast. What a tremendous NFL season it's been. We look forward to the postseason. We look forward to seeing you all again. Have a fantastic day, football fans.